Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, friends. Welcome to part three of Rom Crime Does Dirty John Our Way. Yes. <laughs> hey, I know you have probably already rated, reviewed, and subscribed, and we appreciate it, but... If you haven't, because whatever platform you listen to this on doesn't have that option, we just learned that you can go on Facebook and yes. rate and review us there. Give us five stars, please. Give us five stars. If we deserve it. If but you like us. We do, right? We hope you do. Okay, love ya. Love ya. Welcome back. Hi, Vanya. Oh, hi, Avrin. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. Hey, guys, I'm Vanya. I'm the ROM. I'm Avrin, and I'm the crime. Yes. And uh, this is ROM Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast that has romantic endings. End, end it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, endings. Because I think, I mean, this is the this end is of our... Of our Dirty John little, journey. Yeah. Dirty John journey. Say that fast. Dirty John times. journey. <laughs> Dirty John journey. Dirty John journey. Oh, it's really hard. you're an actor. It's not fair. No, I did some <laughs> vocal warm-ups before. Um, I actually didn't, but I should have. Thanks, everybody, for being here and being a part of our little series. It's been so much fun. Yeah. I'm incredibly obsessed with... Uh, was my computer if you heard that sorry about that um i'm kind of obsessed with this i see why the world was watching and listening and Mm -hmm. everybody's into it yeah it is it is nothing less than completely intoxicating yeah it's it's just an unbelievable story that goes places you don't expect it to. Right. That is shocking exactly. in so many different ways. And especially that way where when you're watching like a horror movie and the dumb person is about to go into the basement and right. there's, you're like, what are you doing? Don't yeah. do it. Oh, my God. Turn around and run out the front door. It's similar because. Uh, yeah. Well, what's her buns? Deborah Newell was chasing after a real bad guy and everybody yeah. could see it. But her. And it's just hard to. 
it's hard to watch in a in a wonderful way. Yeah, you know, in that yeah. sense of well, we're gonna get yep. into it. Yeah, I was gonna too. say I was like, let me not skip right. To I the know because I want to go. I I know it's so good. So Vanya and I watched. Episodes seven and eight. Yes, we did it together. together. And it was fun. It was so much fun. We were going to record after, but I was like, Avran, I'm like so tired right now. It was now. really late. Yeah. We would have started recording the podcast at like 1230 at night. I would have. I mean, and hopefully we did you a favor. Not made a whole lot of sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here we are in the light of day, that's safe fine. in our home. We're hanging out. Yeah. I'm taking a break from packing. Oh, that's right. Because... You know, when it rains, it just motherfucking pours, It right? sure does. Like, it is. Whenever I am busy, I'm so busy that I feel like I might explode. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like I never am all that busy. I know that feeling. right now, it's like yeah. moving. Right. I have a trip coming up this weekend. Yes. Everything. Also, apartment hunting is so... Stressful. Like, you're at the mercy of whatever you find you're totally so right I'm so excited about where we're moving oh my god. i'm moving like two seconds away from vanya you guys i i honestly I her. <laughs> legit oh no i'm like i don't know how i was like praying to the lord and i was like dear lord please let everyone live very close to me and now she's in walking distance i know I'm or a short very short short car ride but the, um bicycles maybe yours is the Ooh, i need to get a bikes. bike yeah um but i'm so excited yeah. about moving but yeah. also packing is the worst it really is I honestly don't want to move until we Ever have enough again. money to buy a place. I'm right. telling you, I because we also rent, but our, I love this house so much. I just don't want to leave. And I'm not going to. Nor should you, because uh-uh. it's awesome. Not doing it. It's beautiful here. Well, I can't wait to see your place, Ev. I know. I can't wait to show it to you. On that note, we're going to be recording a lot more frequently. Right. Because It'll we'll be, be so right next year. I'm like, I have an idea. Should we do a bonus episode? Yes, we will. We'll do ah! bonus episodes. Or some mini-sodes. Or, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. We actually. Stay tuned. I'm not going to say it, but stay tuned. There is a little something in the works that yep. we've already talked about that yes. will be bringing you maybe an additional short min- miniature episode every If you week. missed us during on Tuesday or if you just want some more of Avern and Vanya, we are going to give it to you. That's right. We Coming are. Coming up. All right. So let's dive into the end. Yes. The romantic end <laughs> of Dirty John. That's right. So we start with episode seven because there's in our world we're we're catching the last two episodes as as we mentioned um do we need to get what do you want to give a little recap john sucks that's a recap dirty john is a dirty dirty man yeah and also i think where we ended last week was with deborah finally after the writers did a great job of making us all think she was the world's biggest moron right had actually been secretly working on an, an extra an extra I can't think of exit the word. Strategy? An exit. Thank you. I was like extradition. I've been listening to all the stuff about Harvey Weinstein on the radio. Oh screen. They God. keep saying extricate and extradite and all that. So Ooh. exit strategy yeah. is what I was looking for to get away from creepy, gross, dirty, dirty John. Yeah, and dangerous. And dangerous. You know. And increasingly, yeah, more violent and terrifying. Yeah. So where we ended off last time was when she finally she withdrew the money. He knew about it. She said, "I'm." Um, I'm gonna leave you. I want a divorce, and like ran from her home. Right. Fuck. So then, here we go. Yeah. So it opens on Dirty John getting his shitty RV out of uh, impound after getting out of jail. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. did we go back in this uh, point, or is this? This was only six months. Oh, right. From like, so we go back in time six months from where we start the podcast. Right before he meets Deborah. Yeah. And then you see him online dating multiple people, multiple people doing like drugs while he's doing it. It's just like a cut, cut, like a montage, montage of yeah. him 
Yeah, basically putting out a bajillion feelers in the world of online dating. It's right. It's like him snorting drugs, him uh, getting a hold of a lady, him putting injections in and getting hold of a lady, and then to start he starts harassing ladies. Right. He goes on. We see him go on some dates, yeah. and there's one where he's on a date with a girl, and they're talking about stuff, and she, you know. She mentioned somehow that she has two older twin brothers and they're cops. And you see on his face where he's like, okay, dead end. Yeah, Can't do anything right. with this one. Then there's another one who he goes on a date with and she seems way more vulnerable. But it turns out she actually does some research into him really early. Right. Thank finds God. Finds out that he was lying and she confronts him about that. And then he threatens her and, you know, what a good man he yeah. is. Icky, icky dude. And then he is also meeting Deborah. Right. And we see the phone call. Where he yeah, says, it's all from his perspective this all, time, which is, right? Which like, is an interesting thing for this show to do because we know that this whole story, when it originated as an article in the LA Times and as the podcast, was there is no perspective from John Meehan. Right, right, right. So this was, a, I think, an interesting look into what maybe could have been his perspective. Yes. And it was very well done by Eric Bana, who was increasingly terrifying to watch. I know. Just seemed... Kind of hunky and hot. And yes, you knew he was bad, but woo, woo. And now you're just like, oh, Oh, yeah. Now it's like he's the monster. Yeah. You're the devil. Yeah. And everyone should be terrified of you. Yeah. And you see him like in his group sessions or whatever where he's going and he like is blackmailing the leader of the of the. So like it's like an NA right? meeting, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That he's required to go through to for parole. Right. And um, I think all of this is factual. I think uh-huh. like they were able to confirm that he was blackmailing the guy who ran his NA group with ba- like dirty pictures of him, so that he would one say that he'd been there, and then two provide his urine for oh, John to right. use, so that he would test clean when he was being drug tested. Yeah. And, and then, it's just blackmail, rage, blackmail, rage. Right. And then we also <laughs> discover that the doctor who, um, right before Dirty John gets clean with Deborah, mm-hmm. they go to visit. He's actually in cahoots with the, that doctor. He's like bringing, he's like the supplier to that doctor right. who's selling the drugs. Yeah. So he basically, John brings this doctor any and all drugs he can get his hands on from like, you know, the girl from the pharmacy from that one episode back in right. Ohio. He has those kinds of connections. Yeah. And, um, he, they were sucking on, and I'm like, sure this is fictional, like but like fentanyl, fentanyl lollipops for like, I think for cancer people who are like going through some serious, horrible pain. pain yeah. And John whatever, ends you know? up in the hospital shortly after that meeting. Remember, He's and that's an why idiot. Deborah finds out about the drugs to begin with. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. Um, and then we also revisit, remember when that crackhead lady comes oh, into yes. the so the he set that woman. up that yeah. was all set up so that he could get cameras installed at her home and workplace so um we're going all the way back i yeah. believe to episode one or two maybe two yeah. i think no, it was one i don't remember but yes because so much happened in that first i, I mean know. they were living together and married by the time episode one was over right well and the crazy thing is this story is six months we're starting six months ago this whole nightmare mm-hmm. occurred in less than a year yeah i know and then it also flashbacks to flashbacks. It flashbacks. It flashes back to Christmas where uh, Dirty John asks Arlene um, about Bobby, her son-in-law. Right. And, and so he could basically be a C-U-N-T to Chad later. It's yeah. like using that information. He just, he's such a great con artist in the way that he gets people to give him information that he can then use to his advantage 
Yeah. And or to, as we talked about in the last episode, create a rift within this family. That's yeah. clearly his goal. To control. To control Deborah and to isolate her from her family. And so he gathers all this information. And we kind of see in this episode how we found out about uh, Cindy and Bobby, which right. is Deb's sister and Deb's sister's husband that had murdered her. Right. And subsequently served very little time in jail because Arlene begged for him to be let go leniency barf I mean you know just I only barf because (sighs) you know what forgiveness is great and all but there's a point where somebody needs to suffer a little bit like I I think forgiveness is hugely important but I also think that consequence is is equally important right so when you murder your wife the there should be consequences no matter how sorry you are right or how out of your mind because it was premeditated, they kind of showed that. Absolutely. And so uh, that's my problem with it. Yeah. Forgive him, but also let him languish in prison yeah. for the rest of his life. Right, exactly. Like, you can still forgive him and allow him yeah. to suffer the consequences of his actions. And it's really terrifying how often it happens where a guy, I mean, I'm sure it happens where a girl kills the guy too, um, but more so... the male has the if I can't have you then no one can sickness I mean I have it within like our family it's happened right and it's really really sad and the guy went to jail for I think two years and uh, got out early on good behavior something crazy I thought and I know we talked about this before, but I honestly thought if you take a life, you're in prison for a really long time. Yeah. Like it's crazy to me. Unfortunately, not always the way it works. It's crazy to me that someone goes to jail for drugs longer than a murder. Murder, yeah. But I... I do not understand. And so I'm just going to not do drugs and not kill people. Good life Thanks. choices. Yeah. So we're so. seeing all of the uh, creepy, weird things that we didn't realize were, I mean, we realized it, but we didn't see it. Right. Like he's really tracking like her he every goes, move, every um, single move. The episode with the charity ball where he shows up late in his scrubs because oh, of an emergency gross. surgery. Yeah. We sh- we, they show him sitting at some like dumpy restaurant eating tacos, yeah. killing time so that he can be late and then working himself up. We sh- They show him rehearsing the voicemail he leaves Deb yeah. after their disastrous first date yeah. and trying to come up with the right things to say. And, you know, as he's doing like community service right. from being released from prison, he's rehearsing. And so you're you're kind of watching the con play out from his perspective yeah. where you're seeing the plans, the intention, the intentional manipulations that all seemed in like romantic, beautiful moments to Deb. Right. And it's very, very sad to watch. It is. It's, I mean, it's just creepy because knowing that there's a real person out there and there's probably some weirdos out there right now doing that sure. same thing, con- conning people. Yeah. John Meehan is not the only man to ever do these horrible things or to woman, people. Or you know. Right. So. Not the only person to ever do these things. But, yeah. The most famous one. Yeah. But, so, not but the this only is one. when, right, this is when, so she's back with her lawyer making plans mm-hmm. and her car gets torched. When does the car get torched? So, I'm sorry to ask this question, but okay. I can figure it out. So they, uh, we have the lawyer that likes the metaphors. They are right, taking like John to court um, to get a restraining order against him. Got it. And it's kind of going to be difficult because even though there's like threats that she can cite. There's never been any physical violence and the threats were all like, he said this to me, but I don't have proof. Right. You know, I can't prove it. Then John shows up to the court date without a lawyer and says he can't afford one. And he comes in on a cane. Right. Like acting like his, his MS is flaring up. He said, so he can't really move as quickly these days. And 
his uh, he can't afford a lawyer. And then the judge says, okay, well, we're not going to do this. You have to have Yeah, you'll something. be appointed. You go down the hall to, you know, the public defender's office. You'll, well, they'll help you out, get you a lawyer. We'll all come back. But meanwhile, what this accomplishes is that there will be no restraining order against him <sighs> because the proceeding didn't go forward. Like, it would have been better if he hadn't shown up, right? Period. Yeah. yeah. If he had just straight not shown up, it would have been way but better. But he knows how exactly knows how exactly to torture her. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. So Plus then... Plus, he, just to remind you, he does not have MS. No. Yeah. That's a lie. So then, um, he uh, steals... Oh, wait. Do they meet first? She goes to see him again. She tries to offer him money. I mean, this is like this woman. So basically, after that Ugh. happens and she realizes that she's not going to be able to get the restraining order because he's like playing the legal system now against her. And the lawyer mentions, well, said, you know what he wants in the end is going to be money. It's going to be money. So in, so her, smart in her infinite little... wisdom, <laughs> Deborah decides, you know what? Let's meet up, man. I'm trying to get money. a restraining order. I can help. I can end this that way. Right. She's like, well, how, what's, what is it going to take? Oh, the impetus is because he revenge porns her. So he sends oh, dirty yeah. photos to yep. everybody in her um, work contact and writes terrible reviews on all of the websites about the her company. Yeah. And so she is now, you know, humiliated publicly and just wants to put an end to it. I get the psychology of if I just give you yeah. like a bunch of money, will you leave me alone? But yeah. anybody knows that once you give it once. Yeah, she's very naive. He's just going to keep coming back yeah. now that he knows he can get money from you. Yeah, you're his ATM. For the rest of time. Right. And so the lawyer is so upset with her. Because he actually didn't really. He was like, I'm just going to make your life a living hell. Yeah, she asks, like, what's the number? And he uh, or he says, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take, but it's not going to stop. Yeah. So basically, like, you can't buy me off. Yeah. And just to you. remind everybody, he always, like, would brag about how he's, like, affiliated with the mob. And, you know, one of the main things is you don't, you can't make someone pay if they're dead. So you, you hurt their family. So they have to, so they're tortured by it. So that's right. what his next sort of moves. Yeah. Come. And then he steals her car. Yeah. And torches it. And this is true. This was not, like, yeah. for TV. But his explanation is that they're still married. They're not divorced. They both use the car. They kind of have a schedule, although she never sticks to it because when the cops bring him in for torching the car because he's on like CCTV or whatever you call it, camera, taking the car. But he has a key. He does. And then he drives it out to the middle of nowhere on the side of the road and torches the Maserati. What a dumbass. And... Why? We're not really sure. And we're not really, we never really know I mean, why, you know, he's also on like a shit ton of drugs too. Like yeah. he's losing his, I'm sure he's killing his brain besides all of, you know, other yeah. things. And he seems increasingly agitated. And the right. lawyer, Deborah Newell, Connie Britton's lawyer, Deborah Newell slash Connie Britton's lawyer, not Deborah Newell as the name <laughs> of Connie Britton's lawyer, um, Basically, kind of, mm, there was that word again, sorry. But he tells her <laughs> that with his, John goes kind of quiet. Yeah. You know, there's no, after the torching of the car, there is no overt action. Right. And she's going to go to Los Angeles to a big convention. Right. And she's like, I have to live my life. And the, the lawyer says, you know, the the fact that we're not hearing anything doesn't make me feel better. It makes me more concerned. Right. Because that means that whatever is going on in that brain 
like that rage is building and it's going to build to something and we don't know what that something is. Yeah. And I don't want you to go to Los Angeles by yourself. And Deborah, you know, I kind of appreciate the braveness in so much that she says, I can't stop having, I have to have, I have to be able to live my life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be careful. I'm making sure my children are paying attention. Yeah. We all know what's going on, but we have to be able to keep moving forward. Is this when, because, um, Veronica slash Jacqueline, same person, mm-hmm. uh, is like, Mom, you know he's online dating. He's back dating. Oh, yeah. So she's with her two daughters at, um, I think it's where Veronica in, is living with yeah. Deborah. I think, remember, they yeah. were going to get yes. that two bedroom. Yeah, they're living together. Mm-hmm. And they're talking, and she's like, you know, he's already on dating sites. And this scene really bothered me because mm-hmm. Deborah does it in the scene doesn't seem to be concerned like for potential victims she seems kind of jealous yes. that he's moved That's on what I wrote so down. quickly deb says i can't believe he's dating again and it seems like she's date jealous and not- then he's not dating again he is looking for the next you yeah. and you should be very very concerned for any woman mm-hmm. that he is contacted yeah. and not sound a little bit secretly jealous I that he's I mean it could have been a choice for great choice for it, it, Connie because it does re- just make the viewers crazy but like, oh my God. I really hope that that wasn't the case um and by the way at this point I think car could the car getting torched is the end of the seventh episode so we're um, in the we're now we're in the finale entitled this young woman fought like hell yeah is that the name of a country song <laughs> I don't know but it should be because <laughs> You know, Tara loved country music. Yeah, she did. What did who she love? She loved God. She loved country music. She loved animals. And she loved zombie shows. That's right. And that's all very important. It is. Yeah. All of it. But so she's we, a fascinating character. I I really I I had to I know that I was just li- watching the TV show. I did listen to her a little bit because I was like I have to hear her voice in reality, and mm-hmm. she really does have a high. Pitch voice. voice. Um, I mean, it goes down to normal too. It's like not as extreme, maybe. But yeah, she's fascinating. Mm-hmm. When she was little, she had a dream that, or or she really thought it was real that someone tried to abduct her and she screamed, and they put her back in her bed. Did you hear that? I don't. Yeah, recall. she talks. This is one of the things I was listening to. She believed that, and then her mom was like, "You're they." Nobody called the cops because she came out and. I, that's the that's the other thing of like not calling the cops because they didn't believe her. So she never felt like she was ever believed or she in her life felt she was kind of crazy people. Right. So and then in the end, she's like, I think I was just crazy, but maybe she wasn't. So she remembers someone attempting to abduct her. Mm-hmm. And then because she screamed, they, they like put her down and yeah. then no one believed her. Yep. And then she to this day isn't sure if it's real. And Deborah thought that she was just acting out because it was when they were get her and her dad were getting divorced oh, right. so maybe i mean who knows i don't but, remember those details yeah but that's, i just that's got it fresh i know and so within that she's always like she's always kind of been obsessed with like darker show tv shows mm-hmm. like she loves the walking, walking dead. dead was her favorite show she also loved dexter and mm-hmm. csi she said yeah she well. sounds kind of like me <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you'll know what to do um but we'll get to that that's what i've been telling you vanya i know the more of this stuff this this actually affirms everything I've ever tried That's to say true. about true crime obsession yeah. being um, an education and how to survive. Right. Because let's get to it. But I'm just saying thank you so, so, so much, Tara Newell, because yeah. you just affirmed 
all of my life choices when it comes to what I watch yeah. on TV. <laughs> we are gonna get, I can't wait because she said a couple of things, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Ronnie slash Jacqueline, Ronnie mm-hmm. is in an Uber and she's going home, right? Right. She was like out. She's out and about. Takes an Uber home. And I kind of feel like jealous of her outfits, to be honest with you. She has great clothes. I don't. I feel like I don't, well, I don't do that many things anymore like that require me to get dressed up like right. that, but I just miss it. But she has such good clothes. Yeah. And <laughs> I think we actually left out in the last episode just so we understand how this happened. When they were hanging out at the apartment, the girls talking about how he's online dating. Right. Her assistant from the interior design firm comes over with coffee and we see John has yes. actually been following the assistant in order to find out where yep. Deborah slash Ronnie slash Tara live. <laughs> Jackie, yeah. So he knows, I think the building was called the Carlisle, mm. at least in the TV show. And we see him find out where they are. Yes. Now and then Deborah goes to, to Los Angeles, right? Right, and then Deborah yeah. leaves to go to Los Angeles. Now we're back in the finale. Right, so where Ronnie is in her Uber, and she's, and I wrote, I love the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the Uber driver, because he was like, the ca- actor was hilarious. They had great banter these two and what i said was they're married now please tell me this yeah. please someone please tell me that the rom the romantic part of the story is right. that she marries that uber driver who because when she pulls up to her house she sees the reflection of john dirty john in a car who then bolts off and yeah. she's like follow that guy follow so he's, that car. john is sitting in the car across the street but he's looking at his phone so she gets out of the uber yeah. notices him because she can see his face, like a phone light is shining yeah. up. She starts hollering at him, like, hey, yeah. what are you doing? You know, and he bolts. Yeah. And then she jumps back in the Uber and she's like, follow that car. And it's very Yeah, he's like, we funny. don't really do that. But she's but like, just damn it. But he does. Yeah. So he follows the car and they follow him for as long as they can until he like quickly kind of swerves off onto the freeway, yeah. gets away. So then she's like, we have to go to my sister's house. We ha- she's afraid. Yeah. And he found her. So there's no reason to believe he didn't find Tara. Yeah. So she goes over to Tara's apartment, goes to the door. Here's her uh, wonderful, amazing Australian Shepherd Cash at the door. So right. she knows that if Cash is there, that means that Tara is home and sleeping because it's late. Right. And, and she didn't want to knock on her door. She didn't want to freak her out and scare her by waking her up. So yeah. she asks the Uber driver to stay with her and they can sit outside yeah. until the sun comes up and make sure that John doesn't come. Huh. And it's nuts. Right. And they think he, that he she misplay, mistakenly thinks it's a white, like... A black four-door with broken brake lights. But it's not. But it's a blue four-door. Or silver or something. I think it was yeah. blue. Yeah. So definitely in nighttime would have looked yeah. black. But we also see that he had unplugged the brake lights and then he plugs yeah, them back in. Yeah. So then sun comes up. Ronnie goes and, you know, tells Tara, like, the events of the evening. And Tara's kind of, like, half listening. But she's got a bunch of, you know, she's going to pack her bag. She's going to this big music festival. Yeah, she has lawn seats. She spent $200 she's on really lawn seats to so see she, her favorite country music guy. Yeah. I don't know who So was, she is not really paying attention. And Ronnie's mm-hmm. like, Tara. Yeah. I need you to look at me yeah. and tell me that you heard everything I said and that you're taking this seriously. And then Tara's like, I get it, but I'm not even going to be here. I'm right. going to be at this. Like she's going to work first and then she's going to. And gonna... she's leaving from work to go pick up her friend to go to this music festival. Right. So 
now we get to she's at work right and her yeah. boss is like really weirdly like when did you say you were gonna be gone right. again and she says tonight until monday so you can't work on sunday no yeah <laughs> no, i can't and then as she's having this weird conversation with her boss she realizes that she left her bag at home right then we also see that outside of her job at the veterinary hospital where she works is a certain dirty, dirty motherfucker yeah, named John. Yeah. And she pulls out of the parking lot, or sorry, the job, and we see him follow her. Now I want to pause for a second yeah. and go back to the very beginning of this episode. Yeah. The lawyer is still talking to Connie Britton about the, the rage against inanimate objects, meaning right. so by torching the car... That is just a sign that the violence within him is like growing and growing and growing. Yeah. And then we cut to John driving down. Looks like he's driving through the desert, maybe from Las Vegas back down to California yeah. or just up and down California right. and pulls off into the middle of the desert. Um, we see him before he gets in the car, pack a backpack with several different knives, mm -hmm. duct tape and some rope. Basically a kidnap kit, a kidnap kit. Then he pulls off into the desert and we see him digging a hole, which mm -hmm. can only be described as a grave sized yeah. hole in yeah. the middle of nowhere in the desert. Yep. So this guy had a plan. So there was a plan in place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well then I, you know, and so I think uh, we, you know, Tara Newell had, her last name was Newell? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tara Newell. She, you know, she, we talked about, it. she was a God fearing woman. She, um, had a big heart. Everyone said who knew everyone who knew her spoke of her as the kindest person. Right. Very Apparently, like sweet and soft spoken. Spots, yeah. Like they said. And it, tiny. And like tiny. everything about her was so small yeah. and yep. innocent. She had a little tattoo of a heart on her ankle with, and it also said like Psalms 23, which right. I had to look up because I'm a bad, <laughs> you know, whatever. But it's that it's the it's like probably the most famous. It's, well, it's, if not the most, it's a very well known. Yeah. It's the one that like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters, restores my soul. Anyways, but, you know, oh, here, this is a good one. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Um Yeah, I mean, basically, she's like, God protects me. I right. got this. She's. She's a Newell. Yeah. She is right. her mother's daughter and her grandmother's granddaughter. Exactly. And she is driving home because she forgot her bag for right. the music festival. So she gets back to her apartment complex, gets out of her car, opens the back door, gets her little Australian Shepherd cash out of the car. And apparently where she parked, it was like an outdoor right yeah, so people could see from the apartments you could see yeah thank god i know so the next thing you know you hear remember me as dirty john grabs tara by the arm yeah and she's like <gasps> and yeah. then there's a knife in his hand yeah and he she like deflects it yeah. sorry i'm I'm about to punch the microphone oh, yeah. by Don't acting my... it out for you. No, no. But I can't, like, she talk talks about how scene. he, she thought he was punching her in the, right. in the side, but it was, he was stabbing her. Yeah. And she, you know, defended herself with her arm and her bag. So he stabbed her bag a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Apparently he stabbed like an inch into her arm yep. somewhere. He slashed her arm. At one point she is on her back yeah. on the ground. Her dog cash is like attacking John's ankles. It. Ankle biting. Um, ankle, just pulling at him, you know, yeah. and going after him the best that he can. Yeah. And she is 
fighting like hell. That yeah. girl fought like hell is the name of this episode. Yeah. And somehow between, you know, him like attempting to stab her and her trying to like deflect and everything, right. the knife, she gets the knife, it knocks out of his hand right. onto the floor. And she manages to reach over yeah. with the assistance of her dog who's yanking on this guy's yeah. like feet. Mm-hmm. She gets the knife. And, and she knows how to hold it. This is the thing. This is something she talks about, how she knows because of The Walking Dead that you have to hold it in like a tight fist and really tight. Right. And how, she knows how like to hold this. the knife, yeah. right? And then she just starts like stabbing him and you defending guys. herself. I mean, she had every right to do it, but yeah. she... She goes, no! Stabs him. It's... What's crazy is in the show, which hopefully you guys all watched it, because I feel like that helps. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, um... What you see, Tara, the real Tara, was very, very, very instrumental in this episode in recreating what happened to her. And so what they show in the show is probably about as close to what actually happened as you could ever hope to get when recreating something like this. Because the girl who was there, who it happened to, like, helped them stage it. And the craziest part is so she gets the knife and she I love it there's no hesitation it's kill or be killed that's what she said and yeah. she says that but so she starts stabbing him you know and he looks very surprised because she is yeah. not just like one I mean she yeah. is rang his back and then rightfully so and then she stabs him in the eyeball people the in eye. the eyeball she stabs in the eye because in the zombie you know it's like you have to, it shows that you you have to kill the, their brain or they'll keep going. So that's, she basically goes to like this crazy mode, psycho mode yeah. of like defense, defending herself. But then she's watched that show so many times. She's like, okay, kill I shot. may have killed him, his body, but I have to either yeah. get rid of the head or something. So I got to So she stabs, stabs him through the, the eye. eye. And oh um, that's the end. And he rolls off and she is hysterical. And yeah. uh, there was a witness. A, a younger child that saw him yeah. attack her and then came running out, has a towel. Had called the, pe- had police, called the police as well. And thank God for all of that because it was really a clear, and it was a cut and clear case of self-defense. Yeah. There were witnesses that saw him slash, like attack her with a knife. Right. He had the kidnap kit in his car. Yeah. Um, he was Dirty John. Yeah. He also so had a passport, so he was ready. To, it shows that so, he was going to flee the country. Yeah. So now we're in... Oh, Tara doesn't call the police, though. She's like, I need my phone. I need my phone. Yeah. She calls her mom. And she's hysterical. Deborah's in Los Angeles. And she can barely understand what she's saying. Like, honey, and I just, honey, I, what's wrong? Honey. And she's just crying and crying and crying. And she's like, Mom, Mom, I killed your husband. Yeah, I think I killed and your I, husband. I think I killed your husband. <laughs> and I have something about that because I remember that line from the podcast as well. Yeah. Just struck me as so oh. bizarrely comical. Yeah. Because we all, I mean, yes, technically he was her husband, but yeah. we know at this point who this man is to these people. Yeah. Like he is this terrifying, menacing presence. Yes. So to call him hysterical, like to call her mom hysterical and be sound like she's crying because she killed her mom's husband and she's afraid that's going to be wow. like somehow know. a breaking point. I know. Miss Julia Garner did an amazing job. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So then we're at the hospital. Right. Connie's walking down. This is the first scene we see mm-hmm. in the movie. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, in the TV shows that where she's walking down in slow-mo in the hospital. In the hospital hallway. Yep. And then we both said, I was like, if she doesn't ask where Tara is first, I will rip your TV off I the know. Wall. 
I was like, if she asks where John is, or I will literally rip the, your television yeah, off the wall. Right. But she doesn't. She says, where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? And I right. said, all is forgiven. Yeah, yeah. We're fine. Yeah, yeah. And she says she's being, the police are talking to her right now. They don't want her to see her just yet. You can't go in just yet, but we need you to come this way. Identify. And identify that who this is. Yeah. He's in a, what is he? He's in, he's, he's brain, brain dead. dead, but that's different than a vegetative state. Yeah, there's no, basically, I should, we should have paid closer attention, but yeah. he's, there's nothing like his body yeah. and his brain won't survive without the machines. I think a vegetative state is where like you, you can live your body will lie in this bed. Right. But your brain will never wake up. Whereas where, whatever he was in, brain dead. like once the machines went away, yeah. you know, right. like he was going to physically and mentally. Right. Die. So the doctor asks her, what do you, what, what do you, as You're he, his next of kin, what should we do? Right. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable making that decision, which is probably a good thing. And I said, smart, smart, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, if you have the machine, if she pulled him off the machines and he was on life support because his daughter stabbed him. Right. I don't know. I just feel like it could have gotten mucky. So I love that she was like, I do not accept the responsibility of that decision and adios. Right. And then runs to go see her daughter. At the same time, Ronnie shows up. And the cops are questioning Tara. Right. And Ronnie walks in and kind of sees it. And she's like, what are you doing? What are you asking her? And she like throws herself on her and gives her a big hug hug and says, you should give her a medal. Yeah. (laughs) She's so funny. Meanwhile, Tara is hysterical. Yeah. The fact that she took someone's life. Right. And then Denise, John's sister, shows up. Right. And. Because now she's the next. She's now got to make the choice. And so she looks at John the doctor gives her the same explanation and she says okay take him off the machines and she goes to walk away and the doctor says I can give you a few minutes to say goodbye and she said I already did yeah because she said goodbye to her horrible bad man brother a long time ago helicopter oh yeah can you hear this helicopter it's outside my house it's like right on top of us that's part of the fun so when she goes out into the hallway Denise and Deborah meet for the first time yes that's right and Denise says she wants to meet Tara, if that's okay. And it's such a touching scene because Tara, the first thing when she is introduced to Denise, this is John's sister, she just breaks down and she's like, he had a a sister and he had children and Uh, I took him away from all of you and I'm so sorry. And she's crying and she's crying. And Denise says the best thing I think anyone could have ever said in this situation, which is I'm so one it says so much about who you are that that's what you're worried about right Right. now like and I'm so grateful that you were able to survive this attack and I'm so sorry that my brother you know did what he did but you didn't take him away from anybody right he took himself away from all of us a long time ago and he was never happier than when he was alone so you didn't take him from anybody and it was just very touching because I can imagine the guilt Oh my feel, god! Even yeah. though it was self-defense. No, totally. I don't think I'd want. To, I know I don't want to. Wouldn't want to take someone's life, right? But unless. That, but if it's if yeah. it's you or them, your instincts are me or them or me or my kids or them, and I'm right. gonna do that. Yeah. And as like the proud uh, fur mom of an Australian shepherd, yeah, I, I would. Oh yeah, stab yeah. someone if they tried to hurt my dog. That's right. I would. I would. Too. Also, just so you know, Cash, the Australian shepherd, In is this? the real hero of the entire show. Right. He is sitting. At her feet in the hospital. That's right. He um, is the reason she was able to get the knife when it fell to the ground yeah. because he couldn't 
get he was like, to <coughs> it because <coughs> the dog was biting at him and at his like legs and pants and all I that was, stuff. Sh- I was cheering at this moment. Yeah, and I, I have I the love same kind too. of dog. You do. So I know. Uh, I was very very excited to see this kind of representation. Yeah, me too. So then when they tried, apparently they're trying to harvest his organs and they're all completely destroyed from drugs. Of course, like shock phase. I know, but you know. Why did they even bother trying knowing his history? Guys, try not to do it. Don't be addicted to bad drugs because it's going to destroy your body. And then you can't help anyone else. But if you do destroy your organs, hope that there's someone really funny writing a script about it that can come up with a line like Veronica's when she's (laughs) laughing about how they waited to harvest his organs. They opened it up. It's all black and ruined. And she gets up off the counter when they're like, that's not funny, Veronica. And she's like, yeah, it is. Even his organs sucked. (laughs) And again, my favorite fucking character. She's so good. She's so good. And she sounds, the actress um, did such a good job because she really gets the cadence of her voice. Yeah, she really does. Incredible. Um, So then now we have Deborah saying, I am so sorry that I did this to you, that I brought him into our lives that he did this to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And Tara says, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah. We can talk about it another time, but not right now. Just take me home. Yeah, exactly. And you see them kind of slowly healing. The family yeah. is all back together. Um, and Deborah gets a, misses a phone call from an LA Times journalist. That's right. That's who right. wants to talk to her about her story. And you yeah. kind of see her listen to the voicemail and then we keep moving forward in the story and she's watching her family at the very end of the show yeah and she goes outside and she calls him back and she leaves i think it was the perfect way for the perfect way to kind of redeem all of the frustrating qualities uh or the problematic angles and things within this story agreed because You've heard us yell a lot. I yeah. feel like I have been particularly harsh at times just because it's, you know, when you're on the outside, one, it's so much easier to see. And two, I yeah. do feel like to anybody, it was so obvious what was going on. Right. Except for the mom Ex- who, by the way, Arlene, Deb's mom says, you didn't do anything. You were in love. You're already forgiven. Right. Which and is, she said that after this horrible woman's dead or horrible man is dead. Right. Sorry. Not no, to no, interject, but, I mean, but I'm like... Yeah, it's like that's the wrong attitude. Yeah. But um, of course, you're forgiven. Your right. family, you love each other. Luckily, it all turned out for the best. But that's right. just because you were lucky. Yeah. Tara that, could have been dead. T- Tara was the one that was supposed to be dead right. when this was all said and done. And the fact that she survived was not only the fact that she was a fucking zombie slayer, but right. the <laughs> fact that she got lucky. I was lucky. Yeah. He was way bigger than her. Yeah. And she was caught off guard. He was prepared. She wasn't. Like the, the outcome. 99 times out of 100 would have yeah. turned out different than it did yeah. in this case. So that's why there are so many reasons people, I think, get frustrated or yeah. feel angry with the with with Deborah Newell and, I guess, the wanting to call it her responsibility and all of this. But it, they do a beautiful job of kind of redeeming her by the reason she decided to to make this story a story we can all yell and shriek and rip our hair out right. at her. And she even acknowledges this gonna, This isn't going to make me look very good. Right. This is going to be not only embarrassing, you know, or this isn't going to be just me airing my dirty laundry. Like I'm going to probably be shamed publicly. But yeah. if by telling my story, I can, I can point out or give somebody the information 
one red flag, one yeah. woman, one red flag is learned from this story that can save them from this, yeah. then it's worth my my embarrassment. It's right. worth my um, you know, loss of privacy in this difficult mm-hmm. and horrible moment of my life and time in my life. Yeah. And that is why she shared her story. She yep. knew she looked Bad. Right. Well, and the other thing about this story is, you know, her telling her story is more helpful than honestly, they called the cops sometimes and the cops couldn't do anything for them because there's all sorts of weird rules. Mm-hmm. So poor people, poor women or men out there dealing with, uh, you know, domestic violence. It's scary because you feel helpless. And there's not a lot sometimes, depending on if, you've, if you're dealing with somebody who's good at what they're doing. Right. Who knows the rules, who but knows it, the laws. Yeah. But if you're listening to the, her story, then maybe you can head it at the, maybe you'll, you know. Maybe you'll pick up on it before it's too late. Yeah. And so I thought that was really wonderful that, that she acknowledged within the TV show, the TV show version of her, but I imagine it was pretty close to the yeah. message that she left him, which was, this is not going to be a story that makes people think of me as any kind of hero right. or, you know, it's going to make me look bad or, or her exact words. Yeah. And it did. So thank you. But thank you for being willing to look bad yeah. to share this story so that anybody who is entering into a new relationship with somebody that they have where they, met it shifts online quickly. or, or where it just, you know, where you don't, you never know someone. Right. Make sure everyone knows who you are, where you are. Don't necessarily let them know where you live right away. Right, and take your time. It's yeah. important when you meet a stranger. And I understand that exciting feeling, you right. know, of like meeting someone. But take your time. Don't allow somebody to bully you into a relationship right. too quickly. Because that's something that they really, I they couldn't get into all of it. But John was pressuring Deborah to marry him Right. Almost every day for two months before she finally gave in. She said no every day for two months. And then he got to go on this trip with her to Vegas and he was in the perfect spot. They don't show that in the TV show. Yeah. But, you know, he had an agenda. Of course. And also she was in love and feeling wonderful about yeah. everything. And so just to know those things, to pay attention to manipulations that are not always in the form of violence or threats That's or true. bad things. Coercive control. Yeah. So thank you, Deborah, yeah. for like being so free of ego that you shared this story yeah. knowing that people were going to be like this woman is so you know yeah. all the things we've said because yeah. ultimately at the end of the day you are a champion for women for sharing there you go for sharing your really truly horrific and story. go Tara and go Tara, Tara go and go. cash go Tara I really hope oh, yeah. that somebody creates a comic book superhero character out of the two of you and oh, then it I turns that. into a television show about Tara and cash <laughs> zombie slayers from Orange County. Oh, that's so good. Guys, thank you for listening to our first three-part series. I know, we do. It was really fun. And we really do appreciate each one, every one of you. Because my biggest thing about doing anything is I want to connect. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of weird. We stand behind mics. We do get to connect with each other. But we hearing from you guys makes us feel so good. And yeah, it just, thank you. I, if, I just appreciate the time we have together. Me too. We will talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye.